And just like that, we are 24 hours away from the Premier League kicking off its 2014-2015 season. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man? Hey, Garrett. How's it going? It's going well, man. How's, how's everything going with you, Ivis? Things are pretty good, you know, mellowing out a bit, uh, taking it easy from the travel. So I've had a good chance to kind of hang out with the family and chill out with the boys and, uh, you know, just catch up, catch up on some family time. And uh, it's been good. It's been good. You know, we're settling in now. MLS is rolling along. And now here we go. The Premier League season is almost here. And the rest of the European season is, is you know, in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, we had our little break of about a month with with not much soccer. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting the full the full schedule, and it's going to be a lot of fun. That's why we got all those bad reviews on iTunes, because we didn't have any soccer to talk about. I think that's the only reason why. Well, that and they're just some haters. You know. <laughs> they got nothing better to do. I, I, they're, I was, just hate, they're hating on our swag. Well, they're just hating on oh, Yeah, that too. <laughs> swag. I thought swag was banned from this show. Swag is my favorite word. No, it's not. You banned. You, first off, you told me I couldn't say it like within the first 10 episodes of us doing this. It's like two years ago. You don't know how to use the word swag. I know how to use the word swag. Yeah, I don't know about that. Just because you're from Jersey doesn't give you that. I know, I know. It's I, I you know, I, I I argue with my son all the time about how I am I, I'm not how he, you know, I'm I'm not cool. <laughs> he he cuz you know when you're the dad, you're not cool. And uh I I had a funny moment I have to share. So, we get in the car uh the other day and you know, I put the i uh, the iPhone on and I have my 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 you know, song lists. So I, so I asked him, my son, I'm like, oh, you know, uh, you, you know, you want to hear the radio? You want to listen to some music? And he's like, oh, we'll listen to some music. So I click on one of my uh, one of my my lists, you know, my song lists. And then he just gives this whole face like, oh, boy. And I'm like, what's, what's that about? <laughs> I'm like, what's that about? And he's like, well, it, it, that, that list is called car joints. And it, if it's and nobody uses joints anymore. So it can't be that good. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, I hate you. I hate, I hate, I hate you. So uh, he, he just he just drops those just gems all the time. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Only if yeah. he actually knew you were not that cool. I mean, I think he's onto something. I don't. Yeah, I don't. No, he he doesn't realize. He just assumes I'm not cool because I'm his dad, and I think you're you're supposed to think your dad's not cool. But I, I think I'm pretty cool. I don't think you're cool. I mean, and you're pretty much like my dad too. <laughs> Listen, if I'm your dad, I'm the coolest dad around. That's what I'm, I'm down with it. I got. I, I still. You know, I'm up on my hip hop. I'm up on my current events. I'm out. I'm out, I'm out there. I got. You know, I can do the Bobby Schmurder dance. I, I got it all going on. I know, you do a pretty good job, Evs. I will give you that. But you are right, though. I mean, it, things are getting pretty hectic in in the soccer scene. You know, not just here in America, also internationally. I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, we already got now. Um, the U.S. Open Cup final is set. We'll talk about that. It's crazy to think that Major League Soccer, there's about 10 games left for some teams who will play this weekend. I mean, it's getting crunch time for them. And and like we just said, I mean, depending on when you're listening to the show on Friday or, or maybe on Saturday morning, I mean, the Premier League is just hours away uh, from kicking off. And it's going to be great because now we get to see Tim Howard back in action, Josie Outdoor Ivis. He's not totally 100%, but he did play in a scrimmage uh, for Sunderland, so he's getting back. You're going to see Jeff Cameron. I mean, it's going to be great to see some of these American guys back in action, you know, after their successful World Cup. No, absolutely. Um, It's crazy how quickly that that month has flown by, and, you know, it it just seems like yesterday that, uh, you know, we were were watching Tim Howard turn in his his man-of-the-match performance against Mm -hmm. Belgium, and uh, 
it's great to see him come back. And I mean, let's let's consider how how he's become this superstar now. I mean, he, he I mean, obviously in the, in Amer- in American soccer circles, he's been he's been a star for a while. He's been well known. He's been started starting in England for a dozen years now. So from that standpoint, he was already a star. But now it's you know his performance at the World Cup took it to a new level. I mean, he's in commercials every time you turn around. He's in a new commercial. He's like the face of the new FIFA game. Uh, they just, you know, he was, in the, he was in the new Ted Lasso video. Yeah, the new, the new, uh, yeah, the new Ted Lasso commercial. He, he's all over the place. So, uh, you know, it, it's great to see. I mean, he, he obviously deserves it. He's put in his time. He's been, he's, you know, he's had a great career, and now he's kind of reaping the rewards of that. So it's great to see him back in action. And Everton, I'm telling you what, this off season that they've had has been unbelievable. And I'd say right now. Most people wouldn't have pegged them for a top four place, and I and, and I think a lot of people still won't peg them for a top four place. Mm-hmm. But with the moves that they've made, and with Roberto Martinez, the manager that he is, I it would not shock me at all if they if they ended up surprising people and ended up in a top four. Well, let's talk about the little bit. I mean, Everton last year, even under Roberto Martinez, I mean, you know, they finished fifth last season. Ivis, I mean, they were just on the outside of qualifying for the Champions League. And you're right. I mean, look, they, they bring back Lukaku. They had him last year on loan, but now they buy him outright. I believe it was $28 million record fee uh, for them. I mean, Roberto Martinez, they also bring in Gareth Barry. I mean, solid midfielder. Um, I mean, Roberto Martinez is a, is a manager who's not afraid to kind of tinker with his lineup. I mean, do you think this is the year? I mean, look, Tim Howard was fabulous last year for Everton, and he's been pretty good over the last couple of years. I mean, is this the year that Everton finally cracks the top four, which they have done it before, but it's been a couple of years since they've done that. I think they can do it, and I know it's not going to be easy. Obviously, when you look at the, the powers, the the traditional powers, obviously Man City and Chelsea, uh, they're both loaded. Uh, Liverpool has has made some big moves. Obviously, Liverpool losing losing Luis Suarez is huge. Yeah, you know they have to make up for that. Um, and then you have Man United now with with Louis Van Gaal taking over and really putting his stamp on that team. You know they're gonna they're gonna bounce back after the season that they had. And then there's Arsenal. Arsenal all of a sudden. You know they look. You know they're spending money. They went and got Alexis Sanchez. They're they are not playing around, and they look really really good. So you know that's the question: which of those teams is Everton going to knock off? And, and it would be interesting if it is Liverpool, because mm-hmm. obviously you know being that they're, they're rival in the city of Liverpool, it, it could happen because replacing Luis Suarez is not going to be easy. Well, before we dive deeper and talk about the Premier League as a whole, we'll kind of keep this section right now to just the Americans playing in England. Another guy is Josie Atsudo or Sunderland. We know them last year, Ivis. I mean, a lot of people kind of looked at Josie, you know, before going in, before the season started. You know, there was last year, you know, kind of had Josie going to Premier League. It's going to be a good opportunity for him. And then a few months later, all the haters came out and said, horrible move for him. And I don't think Josie was that horrible for Sunderland. Sunderland did not have the quality last year. I mean, watching them pay, play, excuse me, they couldn't connect. Going into this season, um, I mean, look, is it going to be another long year for Josie out to do at Sunderland? Or did Sunderland make the correct moves this offseason so they don't have to be fighting for their lives at the very end of the season? I think they're still going to be fighting for their lives just because, you know, the way the Premier League set up. They they didn't exactly go out and rebuild their team. I mean, they did make some pickups, um, but I think they're going to struggle again. And, you know, as far as Josie Atzeroen last year, I mean, he's not blameless in, in, in what happened last year. He did have his chance that he didn't take advantage of. He was in and out of favor. It wasn't all his fault. Look, that, that Sunderland attack wasn't great. Uh, there's no question about it that, that you know, they, they struggled to provide chances for their strikers, but... I mean, other guys scored goals. Connor Wickham, uh, the young forward, it was kind of the star of that that late run for them. Uh, and it's not going to be easy for Josie now coming into this season because, 
as much as you know, Gus Poyet has had has had a lot of positive things to say. When you look at the the number of forwards that are there right now, um, you know they they still have Connor Wickham. They haven't sold him, even though there's been talk of selling him. Uh, you have Stephen Fletcher back, who's got obviously going to have a lot to prove. He also had a, a rough season. Uh, Fabio Barini is someone that Sunderland's trying to buy after after his successful loan spell uh, from Liverpool. They're trying to buy him, so if they buy him, he's in the in the mix as well. And then you have Jack Rodwell, who's made the move over uh as well so they're pretty stacked it forward if if all those guys are still there when the season uh gets rolling uh i think outsiders might might have to consider making a move uh, moving over to another team stoke city uh jeff cameron was there last year i thought he was great for stoke city last year and stoke's a team that's always going to be kind of mid-table in the premier league um but i was kind of going into this year there's no guaranteed starter spot for jeff cameron stoke city's brought in a bunch of players there have been reports that jeff cameron might leave on a transfer, I mean, kind of, what's what's the latest with him and, and kind of his future with Stoke City if he even stays there for the season? Well, I think if he stays there, he's going to start. I don't think that's that's much of a question. But the question is, will he stay? And and there seems to be a pretty long list of of teams that are rumored to be interested. Uh, you hear everybody from Hull City to Sunderland to Southampton. You've heard Schalke. Uh, there's been a lot of teams linked with him, and as of right now, he hasn't made a move yet. But uh, you know what? For me, I think it, it, the time's right for him to make a move if he can move somewhere and play center back. I mean, I think that's really the position where he could thrive and really make an impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been solid as a right back for Stoke, but you know, I think he's a bit limited in the attack and what he brings to the attack. I think everyone sees that. Um, but I think as a center back, he could be outstanding once he gets games under his belt and puts in a full season and he just makes that his position for his career, he could be an outstanding center back. He has all the qualities. He's got the size. He's good in the air. He's good technically. Uh, so I think he can really thrive there. So is Stoke City going to sell? That's the big question. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about teams interested, but as of right now, he's still a Stoke City player. Uh, his teammate, Breck Shea, there's a possibility that he may leave Stoke City alone or there's an option for him to leave permanently. Kind of what's the latest with him? I mean, does he stay at Stoke City at all? Uh, I don't. From what I understand, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on him leaving permanently, just because you know he's on a pretty big contract, a uh, pretty big guaranteed contract. So Stoke City, as much as I'm sure uh, they'd love to get rid of him, just because Mark Hughes doesn't rate him, uh, they're stuck with him. They're stuck with his contract, so they pretty much have to find somewhere to move him, because uh, it's it's been pretty clear this this summer that he's not in Mark Hughes's first team plans. Uh, even though he's done well, he's done well in the reserves. Uh, he had a couple of goals in a, in a reserve for friendly the other day. And you know what? I think he's a guy who needs a change of scenery. Um, you know, alone would do him well. And I don't think alone in England. I think he needs to go to a smaller league. I think, you know, uh, the Dutch league, I think, would be a great uh, place for him. Why is that funny? That's like a perfect league for him. No, I, it, I, for a player like Breck Shea, I, I feel like that do very well for him. I feel like the Dutch league would be very good for a lot of American players. I just The, du- the Dutch league, <laughs> uh, even – why is that funny, though? Why are you laughing? I, I don't know why. I, my, my, are, are you, it's, it's late for me. Oh, That's wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know why you're laughing. Uh, we, we, uh, sorry, my bad. Uh, but no. Uh, the German league, the German league's another one. Um, you know, I, I think there's some possibilities there as well. Um, so, le, le, the best way I can say it is, I don't see Breck Shea in England uh, very long uh, for this year, this season coming up. I think he's going to go somewhere, and hopefully, wherever he goes, he just gets some regular playing time and, and has a chance to kind of rebuild his career. Uh, since it's got kind of stagnated now. And speaking of playing time, we might see that in the future. We still got to wait a couple months for this, Ivis. But you reported it. I got to give you a pat on the back. You had the exclusive story when it went down. But DeAndre Yedlin, the 
the, the move, the $3.5 million transfer, Tottenham is official. He's not going there till December, though, and there's speculation that, you know, it's, that he may go there, he may come back to MLS, it's kind of up in the air type of thing, but, I mean, look, what a rise for this guy, I mean, to go over there kind of once the wintertime hits, compete for a spot. Do you think it's a long chance for him? I mean, do you think he'll actually go out there and find a way to crack the 18, yet alone the, the starting 11? All right, let's slow it down. We should not talk about DeAndre Yedlin starting for Tottenham just yet. <laughs> That's a little uh, premature. I mean, they have Kyle Walker, who's really good. Um, could he be the backup to Walker? I think he absolutely could be uh, the, the backup. They're planning to move uh, Kyle Naughton, uh, who's a fullback for them now. I, mean, I think they're trying to move him as we speak, and, and I think he won't out by January. He probably won't be there. I think there's some questions now as far as what the next step is. Obviously, Yedlin's going to stay uh the rest of this season and uh i think some things need to be worked out still as far as his work permit uh situation i I know there's a lot of people that are kind of uh wondering how exactly he's going to secure a work permit from what i understand there's a you know he he has a possibility to get a work permit uh to qualify so i I think uh you know it all a lot of that depends on, on on the work permit situation if he gets a work permit i think he has a very good chance of being with tottenham come january if he doesn't get his work permit, I think then you have to kind of consider the options, whether it's, you know, being loaned out to, a, uh, you know, another, <laughs> once again, the Dutch league or, uh, you know, a, in a smaller league or, or even return to MLS in 2015. I think that's a bit more of a long shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more more than likely he'll he'll move over to Europe where, where Tottenham can kind of keep tabs on him uh, more closely. But if he does secure his work permit, I think I think it's, a, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is on. Tottenham's 18 come January. I, look, I'm just saying that Yedlin's career has been like an uphill roller coaster that doesn't doesn't stop, you know? I mean, to me, I was, it just keeps going up, man. I think Yedlin, the, the, I mean, you know, I don't think anyone knows where the ceiling is. I, I don't know starting, but I mean, how crazy would that be that if we see him pl- getting some serious minutes, you know, come springtime next year for Tottenham? I mean, that, that would just be, the, be awesome. That, but, but see, that the, that's the thing. You don't need to even get into that. That's, that's already putting unrealistic expectations on the kid. Let whatever happens happen to even discuss starting at, 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 at Tottenham is just kind of a little premature. I mean, they have – there's now obviously if Kyle Walker got hurt and he's the backup, then he gets thrown in and then, yes, that's a possibility. But it's not even worth discussing that right now because I think Tottenham is buying him as a long-term project, as a long-term prospect who they see has having quality, but who needs to put his time in. Uh, he's still pretty raw. I mean, this is his second year as a pro, and I, I mean, I tweeted this earlier in the week. It's crazy to think about the fact that two years ago, right now, he's getting ready for his sophomore season at Akron, and now two years later, he is a World Cup veteran, and he's making a, a, a multi-million dollar transfer to the Premier League. So, I mean, it's it's crazy how fast it's all happened for him. Um, and you almost don't, you almost can't, you don't, you don't want to rule anything out because he's made amazing things happen, uh, already, but I just think, you know what, let's slow it down. Let's not talk about him starting at Tottenham just yet. I think getting settled at Tottenham, uh, kind of serving his apprenticeship, so to speak. And then, you know what, when the time comes, I think he'll get some minutes. If he goes to Tottenham, he could get some minutes. They have obviously, uh, the different, uh, cup competitions that, that offer playing time. So, you know what? That's the possibility, but I don't think we need to be talking about him starting. Well, I know, I know starting is a little ambitious, you know, but but it is exciting, Ivis, to see him kind of take on that challenge and just to see the the rise of this player who, 
you know, I think you and I went going into Brazil, you know, we were kind of skeptical. I mean, is this a guy that you really want to bring to the World Cup? But, I mean, it's it's outstanding just to see where DeAndre Yedlin has gone. I mean, I always tell you this. I mean, I remember him watching – I remember watching him play PDL two years ago. I mean, I remember some guy with, like, really crazy hair really fast. So, I mean, it's great to see where he's come, uh, where he's come now. Right. Well, I mean, the way I see it, I, you know, I had a chance to talk to him, obviously – uh, for my interview with him about the transfer and uh, he's he's a confident kid you know he he is not afraid uh, of the challenge and and that's why he did so well at the World Cup he wasn't afraid of the challenge and and most people in the, in his situ- in his boots in his shoes 20 years old 21 years old getting thrown into the World Cup the biggest stage mm-hmm. playing against the likes of Aiden Hazard and 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 you know top level competition like that uh, the way he responded there, I think, should show everybody that, you know what, you can't rule this kid out. You can't count him out. You can't assume he's going to fail. Um, is he the finished product? By no means no. is he the finished product. He's very raw. He has a lot to learn defensively. Um, but the, you can't teach what, what he does have, which is blazing speed and his and his aggressiveness, his willingness to go at people. He is a really dangerous threat attacking-wise. And I think... You know what Tottenham sees is is that quality, and they see a guy who you can teach to defend. You can teach the position of fullback too, and um, it, it's it's exciting to consider. You know, he maybe he can ev- uh, develop into a starter at a team like Tottenham. Which hey, you know what, for a player his age, uh, if he if he's starting there in a year or two, I mean that's that's absolutely impressive. Well, that in that still a year or two, and I, and I agree with you. I don't think he's going to go in there. Let's say he goes there in December and is going to compete for a starting spot. I you know, I just so everyone knows I, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, but you know, the, but there's both sides to the story because look, he's going to compete. That's why he's a professional athlete. Obviously, he's not going to go there and just say, oh, okay, you know, wait, no, he's going to compete. He's not going to care that Kyle Walker's ahead of him. I mean, he'll understand it, but that 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 that's the purpose of, of sports and, and competing for spots. Um, looking at the rest of the Premier League, Ivis, I think we're going to kind of see the same seven teams that we saw last year competing for the title this year. I mean, everyone knows who they are. It's going to be City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton. Tottenham and Manchester United. Uh, kind of when you look at this 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 group of seven teams right here, you know, is Liverpool going to take a massive hit without Swords? Is you know, is Sanchez going to be the answer for Arsenal to get them on top? Is is United under Luis Van Gaal going to have a resurgence? You know, when you look at these these seven teams, Ivis, I mean, who do you think is is really going to be competing for that for that top spot? Well, I mean, obviously, we know who the top. We know who the seven contenders are. And, you know, every year there's a, there, there's a team that kind of emerges as a surprise. But I think this seven's a pretty solid seven. Uh, we can start at the number seven spot. I'm going to have to go with Tottenham at number seven. Uh, I just, you know, I don't think they did enough to kind of keep up with the Joneses. Uh, you know, if anything, they obviously they have a new manager, uh, Pochettino, quality manager. Maybe he can make some things happen there. But I think them jumping the other teams that are ahead of them i think it's going to be really tough for them to do uh number six i'm actually going to have liverpool at number six i think i think luis suarez is they're going to miss him a lot and and, uh them being at number six isn't so much a condemnation of them as a team but it's how tough this group is the teams ahead of them it's a tough group they lost their best player i know they still have talent obviously they have sturridge and, and gerrard and uh, they have quality there, and Raheem Sterling's coming uh, coming along really well. Um, but I just, you know what? I think they're going to miss Suarez too much. Uh, he won them so many games mm-hmm. that you know that that's going to be tough to overcome. Uh, number five, as much as I can see them in the top four, it's tough to, to put them in the top four. That's Everton. I mean, I can't say enough uh, the job that they did keeping that group together at, uh, with, with Lukaku and 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 not uh, selling. 
their their stars that that they do have. Um, and also adding, you know, when you want to talk about a Christian Atsu, the speedy Ghanaian, obviously all the U.S. fans remember him uh, terrorizing Demarcus Beasley. He steps in there. He's going to be big for them. Uh, Lukaku bringing Lukaku back is huge for them. Uh, so I, I, I think their poise, Roberto Martinez could, if any of these other four teams, uh, uh, you know, falter, Everton could absolutely jump into the top four. But for now, I'm going to put them at fifth. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Manchester United. Uh, you know, I, I just think Louis van Gaal is just such a, a quality manager. He's going to make the moves that this team needs uh, to, to succeed. I think he's going to give them every opportunity. He's a guy who just he's a winner. He's a winner and he makes them he gets the most out of his team. They've obviously made some some pickups and, and they're transforming that team. Obviously, defensively, when you say goodbye to the likes of Nemanja Vidic, Rio Ferdinand, Patrice Sevra, uh, you know, and they're still not done. I mean, they brought, you know, brought in Ander Herrera. He's going to be big for them. Uh, you want to see what they do. Chicharito's going to leave. You want to see, you know, what happens there. So they're still not done reshaping that squad, but I have so much confidence in Louis Van Hall as a manager that I think he'll put them in the top four. He'll get them back into Champions League. Uh, number three, Manchester City, the champs. I just, I don't see them repeating. It's unbelievable the amount of talent they're stockpiling. I mean, they just keep buying guys. I mean, they have like three teams worth of players. I mean, they're, they're having to give players away at this point because they have so many players. I think that's going to become an issue for them. I think they have too many players. And I think, you know, uh, Pellegrini is going to have a, a really tough time kind of balancing that. Uh, they did win. Yes, they won the title last year. Credit to them. I just don't see them doing it again. Number two, Arsenal. Uh, I, I like what they've done uh, second year running now, uh, putting the pieces together on that team. Alexis Sanchez, a huge pickup for them. Obviously, they had they they brought in Mesut Ozil last year. You got Ozil. You got um, so much talent on that squad. Aaron Ramsey came into his own last year. Unbelievable season for them. So they have the weapons, and and I really like the chances. I like their chances. I don't see that. I, I I can't put them as the champions. But I, I, I see. Think, I think Arsenal's going to win it all. But I'll, I'll let you continue. All right. Well, yeah. You can do. You can you can tell me your picks when you're done. Number one, I'm going to have to go with Chelsea. Jose Mourinho, second year with the club. They went out and addressed their need. They needed a striker. That was their number one priority. They went and got Diego Costa, and he is looking like absolutely what exactly what they needed. They also went and got Cesc Fabregas, which was, you know, just those two players alone, uh, adding them to, to what they have there. Uh, I, I just think, you know what, for me, I, I know there will be some questions about the defense, uh, but for me, uh, you know, you also have the goalkeeper position. Peter uh, Petr Cech was great for them, but now mm-hmm. Thibaut, it's Thibaut Courtois' time. It's looking like he's going to be the starter there. He's amazing. The, the young <laughs> Belgian, goal, the young Belgian goalkeeper who, who who helped lead Atletico Madrid to the La Liga title last year. I think he is a really, 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 really good goalkeeper. So I like Chelsea. It's hard to bet against Jose, especially now that he has the striker that he wanted so desperately. So who are your picks? Tell me your picks. Give me your t- run down your top seven for me. Okay. Top seven? I mean, why? I, just I feel like seven. it's redundant. I, I could just I'll just pick who I think is going to win it all. Because I mean, if you don't win it all, then what's the point? People, no, well, in, well, obviously in the Premier League, the top four matters because that's the Champions League. So give me your top four. Look, my my top four teams that I think will make Champions League. I mean, I, I, four. From number four, four, number four, from four number to four, one. Let's go. Yes, number I, four. I would say Manchester United's four. Okay. I would say City's three, Chelsea's two, Arsenal's one. All right, Arsenal champions. You go. That's your pick, right? Yes. I look. I think bringing in Alex Sanchez is going to be huge for them. Plus, the other thing, 
is if Arsenal could get away last year, if Wenger could get away with all the injuries that he had last year, I mean, Aaron Ramsey was a beast when he came back last year. I, I think you get another another full year of Ozil. I, I just think this is Arsenal's year, man. I think Sanchez is just going to be on another level for them this year. Just, I mean, and I think I, I love Giroud. I think he's a fabulous player, but I mean, Sanchez, I think is going to get them over that hump. I think Arsenal's going to be fine. I think I like. I, I, I'll tell you what. I like Arsenal. I mean, I have him. I have him second. So I mean, I don't. This. I. I don't think it's too far fetched. I just feel like I don't know. I. You know what? When it comes down to it, if you're asking me to choose between uh, Mourinho and, and and Wenger, and Chelsea with the additions that they made, and and Mourinho having a second year to really kind of uh, shape that team the way he wants it to look, uh, I. I'm, I got to go. With, I got to go with Mourinho and Chelsea. My only issue with Arsenal, why I think they won't win it, is because they got rid of Nicholas Bentner. I'm, I'm really concerned about that. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they have to fill that void of weird Instagram photos. Uh, they got to get someone else to do that. that and, just, and just, I know, where, where are they going to find another player that has so much confidence? <laughs> right. Well, you know, you want to see how their defense looks. That's a, that's a true. question for me. I mean, I, look. Thomas Vermeulen, their cat, you know, they they sold him to Barcelona, and you know, obviously, they may do without him uh, for stretches. You know, he obviously had his injury issues, and they still have Kachelny. You have Per Mertesacker, who's who's kind of settled in there. So, you know, they, I'm, I don't know. I, I think their defense is going to be the big question mark for me. Uh, how that defense holds up? No, I agree with you 100 percent on that. I mean, when you just look at the attackers versus the defenders for them, it's just it's it's almost kind of night and day. It's kind of spooky it's kind of spooky the attack that they have if everyone could stay look arsenal if everyone could stay healthy on arsenal ivis that's the key for them though couple well, injuries gonna, couple injuries gonna, you know what, listen, i don't know they're gonna, they're gonna score goals they're gonna play some of the bet the most attractive soccer in the league uh and i tell you what look i, I what i want to see i want to see if joel campbell uh stays with them and, and has a chance to really show what he can do the costa rican striker the speedster uh u.s fans know very well uh, if he sticks around there, I mean, I think he could do well there. When you think about the playmakers that they have there, uh, the creators that could set him up in the speed that he has, I think he could do great there. But you know what? We'll see. We'll see what Arsene Wenger has in mind. In keeping the conversation in Europe, Ivis uh, Julian Green, a guy that you know most Americans had a really good opportunity to see during the All Star Game. Uh, there were kind of some reports coming out that possibility that he may would be possibly be leaving Bayern Munich, but uh, I mean, looks like he's he's there to stay. And I mean, and I think that's outstanding. I think all U.S. fans could agree that keeping him under Pep for a full season is only going to be great for his continued development. Uh, well, that's the thing. I think the jury's out on that. I think there's a there's two there's two schools of thought on that, right? On one side, you say, hey, you know what? He sticks around Bayern. He gets to learn from a great manager in Pep Guardiola. Uh, he gets to be around uh, such a high level group of guys and training and and the experience that he'll get in training is obviously going to be valuable. But the other the other side of that coin is, you know what? If he could go to uh, a team where he's going to play regular minutes uh, and, and you know at a high level. Uh, obviously, there was reports that there were some English Premier League te- uh, English Premier League teams interested in him. I mean, if he was going to go somewhere and get some regular playing time, for me, mm-hmm. I think it's t- it's tough to it's tough to kind of say that that would be worse than than sticking around Bayern and not getting any playing time. I, I think playing time is always important, especially you know when you're talking about a younger a younger player. I mean, I think Green showed at the World Cup that he's a confident kid. He's ready for the challenges that are presented to him. I just don't, he's not going to get minutes at Bayern. That's what it comes down to. So for me, if it were me, like if I if I could like kind of dictate his career at this point, I would say, you know what? Let's send this kid on loan, 
Let's let's get him playing time because he is he's got the quality already. He already served an apprenticeship last year. Uh, it, it's time to get him on the field somewhere. But you know what? Guardiola knows a little bit about the game. He knows a little bit about developing talent. So if he wants to keep him around, uh, you know what? Hopefully that's a positive sign for Julian Green. I feel like staying at Bayern Munich out of like all options, like it's not that bad of an option. You know what I mean? It's not like he's at some middle, middle, you know, mid-level Bundesliga team. I mean, staying at Bayern Munich with some of the world's best players with Pep. I mean, it is still a pretty good situation. Minutes are minutes, and for me, I think that's always the most important thing. But if you're gonna have to ride the pine somewhere yeah. and just settle for training, then there's worse place. There's not there's not many better places in Bayern. So I agree. I agree there. Yes, yeah, you agreed with me, Ivis. Hey, hey, chalk that down as an SBI first. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of uh, Julian Green, U.S. Men's National Team, uh, lot, lots of. Uh, News has come out this this week regarding the friendlies for the U.S. You know, when can we see these guys play? I know you've been talking about that a lot on Twitter. Unfortunately, a friendly against Colombia fell through, but Ecuador has been announced. That game is in Connecticut, pretty much your backyard. It's not not the world. You know, Ecuador is not one of the top teams in the world, but still good competition, and the U.S. is playing on home soil, so good opportunity for all U.S. fans in the part of the northeast part of the country to, to see the guys in action. Right. Well, I mean, just to be clear, like the Ecuador friendly was already kind of in the works. It wasn't a situation where this replaced the Colombia friendly. The Colombia friendly was set for September. And I really think that was going to be the showcase friendly uh, for U.S. soccer. The the really kind of that was supposed to be the welcome home match for the U.S. team. It was going to be in September after the Czech Republic friendly. And obviously it fell through. And the reports, Sports Illustrated reported that uh, Colombia didn't sign the contract in time, and and it's just, I mean, that's got to, that's embarrassing, that's ridiculous. You're talking about such a high level event like that uh, for for Colombia, the Colombian Federation, to drop the ball like that. I mean, it makes you wonder if they did it on purpose. If you know, you know, they obviously are going through some issues with their coaching situation. Uh, did they want to just kind of hold off on that game? I mean, for whatever the reason, uh, it didn't happen. And I feel like right now the U.S. Uh, you know, U.S. soccer, they they need to go get them a high profile friendly. When you look at the schedule right now, you have the Czech Republic in September in Europe, which you know what, good opponent, but it's it's not a, it's not moving the needle, and you know now you have uh, the a friendly against Ireland in November, that was also announced. Again, that's not a needle mover. Is that a great test? I don't, you know, not really. And now you have an Ecuador uh, friendly announced in October, which again. It's not an, it's it's not that tough a competition. You want to be playing as good an opponents as you can play, and also uh, an opponent that that interests fans and and they need that and they don't have that right now. And I wrote a piece recently for Gold.com saying that based on what's happened, based on the fact that they lost the Colombia friendly, I think they need to go and schedule a friendly against Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, because when it comes down to it, European teams are all locked up in Euro qualifiers in October. So they're not available. Uh, uh, the other South, South American teams are all booked up. Uh, so there's not, there's not a lot of options. But you have that October window, October 14th. You know, now that they put Ecuador as the October 10th game, you have October 14th, wide open. Uh, Mexico has no friendly scheduled right now. Why not have them play again? And obviously, they just met in April. I know some people will say, "Oh, do we have to play them again?" But you know what? When it comes down to it, it's a it, 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 of all the circumstances, I think this is the perfect scenario 
to play Mexico, USA, Mexico right now. Both teams coming off of uh, impressive World Cups. Uh, I think both teams' fan bases are excited about their teams. And I think there would be buzz for this game. I think even though they just played in April, I think the World Cup and the way the World Cup went for both teams mm-hmm. gives gives this the, the perfect backdrop. So I I have no information that that's being worked on. It's just something that I think should happen because, they you know what, the U.S. needs an opponent that – U.S. fans are going to care about and be interested in. And right now, you look at that schedule, they don't have that. I I, I always find it interesting people complain about the USA playing Mexico. I mean, when you got a regional power in your backyard, I mean, you should always be wanting to play them. Right. I mean, if you don't, I mean, obviously, if you could play other teams, sure. You know what? If you could get Chile, great. Play play Chile. But they already have two friendly scheduled in October. If you could play Brazil, yes, it'd be great. But again, not these teams are not available. So. I'm sure when they first started building this schedule for the rest of this year, they looked at that Columbia friendly as, you know what, that's our big opponent. Obviously, Columbia was so amazing at the World Cup. James Rodriguez has become a superstar now. People love him. Uh, you're going to sell tickets, and they're going to give you a good uh, a good test on the field, right? So, mm-hmm. But now they've lost that. So if you've lost that, there's not a lot of other options out there, teams available, teams that happen to not have game schedule in October. Mexico falls into that category. Why not make it happen? Uh, it works for both teams. It works for Mexico, too, because let's face it, if Mexico – I mean, they, they already have games scheduled in September, but I think um, you know they play uh, – they actually play Chile in, at, uh, in, uh, at Levi Stadium mm-hmm. in, Nor- in Northern California. But look, you put Mexico – as I wrote in my piece, you put USA Mexico in MetLife Stadium in October, you're going to get 80,000 fans at that game. Guaranteed. Guaranteed sellout in the New York City market. So make it happen, US soccer. It's a no, it really is a no-brainer. Why don't you put that game in LA? Put it in uh, Rose Bowl, the Coliseum, Ivis. Why, why you got to be always East Coast proud? Well, you know what? Right now, you have Ecuador. You have USA Ecuador playing on the. 10th. I know, I know. You don't, you don't want them to fly across. I, I get it. I'm, I'm just, being, so, I'm just so, being a brat right now. And, and listen, it has nothing to do with the fact that I can actually see MetLife Stadium from where I am right this minute. That has nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter that that stadium. I can see it from my house. I don't. That has nothing to do with it. It's totally because they could sell it out. Uh, you can promote the heck out of it. You can you can hit the, the the New York City media market. Put them on all the national TV. You know you can you know Tim Howard, uh, you know Josie Altidore, all, all the all the play, Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey. Get them all that exposure. Uh, and Mexico too. Mexico, you know they they're going to want a piece of that action as well. So it makes too much sense. To, it should happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if it if it were if it were to happen, I think it'd be a hit. Um, just to recap what you said, Mexico is playing Chile Levi Stadium. That is on September sixth. Then on September 9th, Mexico will take on Bolivia at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. And then in November, they're in Europe. So it's always funny to see Mexico playing in the U.S. and not in Mexico. Always... They play they play in the U.S. more than Mexico. That's I not, just looked that's that up. That... They played in Mexico one time in 2014 this this year. They barely, they rarely play in Mexico. They have so many fans in America that it's just more of a money maker for them. Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, obviously they play qualifiers in Mexico, and and you know, the, and they have a few friendlies. But there's so much. Every, no matter where they play in America, they're gonna put butts in the seats. They're gonna fill the stadium. So I don't know. For me, and as you just said, I mean, they're they're playing two games uh, in the on the in the western half of the U.S. So you know what? Why not have a game, uh, you know, here at MetLife Stadium? Make it happen, Sunil Galati. 
Get on the phone. Make it happen. Also, uh, I'm hearing that on the gossip sites that you may be going to Ireland for that match. <laughs> the gossip sites. Yeah, on the gossip <laughs> sites. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and, uh, realistically, probably not. I'd love to go. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I was checking the flight prices. I was actually surprised how cheap the flights to Dublin were. Um you know, relative to most European flights. I mean, just as an example, I checked I checked flight prices for the Czech Republic for the friendly in September, and it's like two thousand uh, dollars. And then I checked Dublin in October, and it was like seven eight hundred bucks. Which you know that sounds like a lot, but compared to two thousand dollars, it's not much. Um, but yeah, man, I you know I'd love to go. Uh, I just happen to see um, no reservations with Anthony Bourdain, and he did a Dublin episode, so it was kind of like the stars were aligning. I watched the episode and it made me want to go. So you know what? Maybe we'll have to. Uh, I'll have to figure it out. Maybe I have to go to go to Dublin. I've never been, so you know what? This is the first it, time for everything. Here's why: um, there's no sunlight in November in in Ireland. That's why flights are so cheap. God, how depressing is that? Can you imagine? I don't know how people do it in those like crazy. You know, like people like Northern Europe, you know, in the summer where it's sunny all the time, in the winter where like the sun doesn't come up till ten, it sets at like four in the afternoon. I don't know how those people do it. That's pretty crazy. I don't. I don't know. I I would have loved to go to Czech Republic, but uh, I you know what? Maybe Ireland. I have to make Ireland happen now, especially now that you know that Ecuador friendly. As you said, it's kind of in my backyard. It's you know I can drive there, uh, and now the U.S. Open Cup final. I, I won't be. Tra- I won't have to fly for that because they're playing it at yeah. EPL Park. They're in my backyard as well in Philly, so uh, I'll be at both of those. So that's a little bit, little less flying, which I do not mind considering the the summer that that, that I've had. But uh, I might have to stick that Dublin trip on the itinerary. And then you had to rewatch Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations. Oh, I have it. Uh, I have it on the TV. I'll watch it again. See, that is a, that is an excellent show, by the way. It is. It is. Yeah, I feel like they need to have more episodes. No, I completely agree. Some, some like the countries I go to around the world, like I'll watch an episode of that, and like I'll go there, and I'll feel like I'll be like, oh my god, Bourdain went here, and that, yeah, no, it's a cool no. show. It is definitely. Yeah, I did that one time with the GQ. GQ said there was a really cool bar in Oslo when I went there because GQ said bar was pretty cool actually. It's, it's, it's some of these shows are cool, man. How, you and I need a job like that. That's what we need to do. Garrett, <laughs> need, Garrett, and I have his soccer travels the, around the, the world. The SBI travel show. There we go. We should. Why Brain, don't we pitch that? Brainchild. Yeah, we, we, we could. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll make it happen. One of our listeners but, has to work for the Travel Channel. A few years from now, when as soccer just continues to to explode, we'll we'll, we'll get that going. Yeah, I agree. Someone's going to steal our idea. I, I can already see it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hey, we have evidence that it's on this show. So there, there it goes. Exactly. There, there Episode 158. There you go. Yeah. And uh, we were just talking about it, how it's in your backyard. Uh, Philadelphia Union, they defeated FC Dallas on penalties in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup. This is the first appearance for the Union in the U.S. Open Cup final. In the other semifinal, uh, Seattle Sounders opened up a can of whoop ass on the Chicago Fire. Sounders are once again back in the U.S. Open Cup final. I mean, it's it, it, we might as well just pencil Seattle in the U.S. Open Cup final almost every year at this point, Ivis. Um, but it's going to be a good matchup for both these teams. I mean, Seattle probably going to qualify for for Champions League based off points by winning Supporters Shield. Philadelphia, I mean, huge opportunity for them to qualify for it next year. But uh, I mean, great win for Philadelphia on the road, defeating Dallas on penalties. Zach McMath, two big stops in that game. Oh, McMath was was huge for them, uh, and it's interesting because you know what's going on in Philly. You got the the recently signed uh, Algerian goalkeeper Risenboli, uh, who was brought in to basically take the job from McMath, and uh, 
McMath, he just keeps playing. You know, he does. He shook. He's shaking it off. He's focused. He did have a blunder late in the game. He came off his line. He didn't get to a ball. Fabian Castillo beat him to the ball and scored an equalizer late in that game. But even then, McMath, up to that point, he had had a great game. He was coming mm-hmm. off his line. He had TV announcers call, uh, calling him uh, Neuer, Manuel Neuer, as much as that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> uh, but but you know what? He was showing confidence and aggressiveness. But he shook off that mistake, and he came he came up big in the penalties, uh, made two saves, uh, and the save on the final penalty was was great. I mean, great diving save. Uh, and Philly, man, Philly, you got to give him credit. Uh, on short rest to travel from Philly to Dallas mm-hmm. uh, after having uh, played on Saturday and won, and having won on Saturday uh, against Montreal for them to bounce to jump on the plane and and go to Dallas in that heat and fight them off. You got to give them a lot of credit. And now they're in the final. They're hosting the final PPL Park in September, uh, and that's huge. And, and hats off to them. Hats off to Jim Curtin, uh, the jobs he, the job that he's done since taking over uh, as co- as head coach for John Hackworth. I think he's done a really good job putting that squad together, uh, uh, getting them focused. And, and all of a sudden, you have a season that was looking like a nightmare, looking like a bit of a lost cause. Now they're in the playoff race. Now they're hosting an Opa Cup final. Mm-hmm. Everything's everything's looking up for the Union. Well, they'll be hosting it against the Seattle Sounders, Ivis, which, you know, coming in, Seattle's one of the best teams in Major League Soccer right now. I mean, they defeated the helpless Chicago Fire uh, 6-0, to where Chicago, man, this is, this is you know, pretty close games. I mean, a couple weeks ago, they lost to San Jose 5-0. to So, I mean, Chicago, you know, I, I know it's just a U.S. Open Cup game. I know it's one game. But, I mean, Seattle, dude, just, just wiping the floor with Chicago. Just... I feel I felt bad for them in this match. <laughs> really? Uh, look, no credit to Seattle. Obviously, you you know they have that kind of firepower that can blow a team away, and you know Chicago's defense has had its hiccups. It's had its you know they've had their just stinkers. They've had just re- some really awful games. So uh, it's not it, you can't be too shocked by it. All right. I mean Chicago isn't exactly a juggernaut, although they just shut out the 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 Red Bulls. So so when you look at that and you're like, oh wow, you know maybe their defense is figuring things out. And then Seattle tears them apart. Seattle, Philly in the final. That uh, you know, Seattle is obviously going to be the favorite, mm-hmm. but it's in Philly. The Union are going to be at home. You know that the fans are going to fill uh, PPL Park. It's going to be. I got. I have to believe they're going to sell that game out. And uh, you know what? They're going to have that support. And with the way Sebastian Latou is playing, the way uh, you know, the way they're playing as a team, they I, they have a chance. They haven't lost since May, I believe, or they have one loss. They've only had one loss since since uh, the the end of May. So they, they, Jim Curtin's doing a great job with them. And no, you're, you're exactly right, Ivis. Um, word came out this week that the new Conmebol president Juan Angel Naput, I think I said that correctly, is uh, talking about the idea of including Concacaf teams in the Copa Libertadores Championship, which would mean we would have Major League Soccer teams competing against South American teams. On a competition standpoint, I think everyone could agree this would be awesome. It'd be really cool to see MLS teams go to Argentina, Chile, Brazil, and take on some of those teams. But the biggest issue facing this is, obviously, Ivis, the travel schedule. I mean, do you think something like this would be possible for Major League Soccer teams to compete in? Well, I mean, is it possible? Sure. Uh, MLS teams have competed against South American teams in the past. Uh, they used to compete in the Copa Sudamericana a decade or, and more, or more ago. Um, but having said that, it it's definitely would not be an easy an easy ru- a ride. And I know some people will point to the fact that Mexican teams have gone down 
and, and held their own and competed. Obviously, uh, you know, you look at Club Tijuana uh, made a run to the quarterfinals, obviously, a, a while back. But, you know, when you look at those 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 cases, a lot of times you have teams that, you know, they focus on on the Libertadores at the expense of their domestic seasons. And, you know, because MLS and MLS, I don't know if they have that luxury. And the MLS teams don't have the depth. Uh, of Mexican teams, they don't. That, that's obviously one of the issues that te- you know MLS teams with the salary cap. You know, you, you need more money to basically b- uh, build deeper rosters to compete in a competition like that. And I mean, let's just just to give you an idea. I mean, the travel is the biggest issue. Uh, and I know some people will say, well, the South American teams would have to travel as well. But again, when you want to talk about the powerhouse teams in South America, the bigger teams in South America, they have the money. To, to, to you know put together uh, deeper teams and Libertadores is a big competition so they are obviously going to take that uh, very seriously they're, they're going to at the, maybe at the expense of their domestic seasons they're going to focus on Libertadores MLS te- are MLS teams going to do that? I mean just as an example right let's just say the Los Angeles Galaxy quality team I think on, a, on any given day they could compete against top teams in South America but mm-hmm. you have to look at it this way uh, let's say you know the, the Galaxy are playing on a Saturday in MLS play, then they have to fly to Chile or, or you know, Argentina on a Wednesday. Uh, they ha- You know, Bruce Arena's going to have to make his decision. Do I sit my my top guys in the MLS game and then have them play in Libertadores on, on the mid, in the midweek on Wednesday? And then they have to fly all the way back. And, and then what do you do? Do you start those key guys who's played on, on in the midweek in in MLS, or do you have them basically miss two weeks worth of MLS games? So, that you know th- those kind of things. That I mean, that that's a big issue. So I'd love to see it. I'd love to see MLS teams have the chance to compete against South American teams, but the logistics of it are, are just pretty crazy. And I know some people will say, "Oh well, you know your you know teams go all over the place in Europe for European competitions." But look, look at a map, people. Look at a map of the world. Look at Europe. Now look at. North America and South America, and look at how far. I mean, when you want to talk about the New York Red Bulls or you know a team from the East Coast uh, playing a team in Chile or, or, or Colombia, Peru. I mean, that's. I mean, you're talking about a lot of travel there. So, uh, could it happen? I think it could happen, but uh, MLS teams would it it'd be it would not be easy at all. Well, to give you, an, I, I don't. Know, I always find that <laughs> I always love like some of the European friends that I know. That are like from Paris, They're like, oh, we're going to Barcelona for the weekend. I'm like, God, you guys suck. I mean, it's like a two hour flight to go from Paris to Barcelona. I mean, I mean, what's Paris to Rome? Two and a half, and Paris to London's one and an hour. I mean, everything's so close uh, in Europe. I mean, I think it would be outstanding, but I think my biggest concern would be that the MLS teams, obviously, I was competing in this and kind of embarrassing themselves the first year. You know, not just being ready for it and not having that much of a, like you said, I mean, the depth, the lack of of players that teams would have. I mean, maybe this is something. Five ten, you know, five ten years from now, we could see major league soccer teams competing. But at the same time, I think it's a good thing that we're kind of seeing Concacaf and and Conmebol kind of come together on on certain things and, and find ways to work together. You know, right? I mean, I don't know if I'd say teams would be necessarily embarrassed themselves. I mean, I think if you had teams that 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 were going to play in that tournament, I think I think MLS would would let the teams know. Or I think if you're a team like like say you're Bruce Arena in the Galaxy or you're Siggy Schmidt in Seattle. And you have the chance to compete in Libertadores. I think you're going to take it seriously. Um, but then, what's you have to sacrifice something, and I think then you'd have to sacrifice uh, MLS results for that. And that's not an easy thing. I mean, when you look at Tijuana, Club Tijuana, you know they they had their nice run 
in uh in in Libertadores last year, but they basically did that at the expense of league play. I mean, they they were terrible in the league uh because they were playing their key they were playing key guys in Libertadores and they were playing uh you know reserves in uh, in and around those games in league play. So that that's that's the tricky part. And you know what? MLS is moving along. MLS How about MLS win the CONCACAF Champions League? How about that? Let's 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 one step at a time. Let let's see that happen first. Let's see MLS uh, get to that point where they can actually beat Mexican teams in the knockout rounds of the competition, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then you can take that next step. So hopefully in the next you know five years, in the next two to five years, M- MLS will close the gap on Mexican teams. Hopefully with this new CBA next year, there'll be more spending, there'll be more depth in the rosters, and the gap will close a bit more on Mexico. Uh, but I think that's the next step MLS needs to be worrying about is beating Mexican teams in CONCACAF, mm-hmm. winning the CONCACAF Champions League. Once that happens, then look at that next frontier. Then look at accepting that challenge. So I agree with you. I think five years away plus, five plus years away, not anytime soon for Ritadores. Oh, The other thing, too, is 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 not to be a dead horse on, on this because we both agree that's five years away. The other thing is is the group stages, games kick off in February. Based off the current Major League Soccer schedule, teams are in preseason at that point. So I mean, you'd have to do a whole schedule thing and, and work out well, that's stuff already, like that. I mean, you know what I mean? Already, well, that's already been an issue in Concacaf Champions League as well. So exactly, but, but a, this would not, even be you know big. You know what I mean? It, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot. There would be a lot of pieces that would have to be worked out for this to even be feasible. You know? Yeah, it's not an easy thing. Not at all. Yeah, like I said, we're, we're, at this point, we're beating a dead horse. Um, I was Eddie Johnson suspended for two games. He kicked a, a, a ball at Carlos Salcedo. Uh, this past week, we all Salt Lake center back, and then after the game, he got into a fight with a couple fans on Twitter who were calling him lazy and, and just a few other things and stuff like that. I mean, it kind of with the way Eddie Johnson is and kind of his outburst this season, you know, it, it just it's just not as weak, man. I, I just and I hope Eddie Johnson just kind of tightens it up a little bit. I mean, it's, he's such a great player. It's just it's sad to see kind of just these these outbursts, you know. Right, I mean it's an unfortunate situation for him. Obviously, he's frustrated. Uh, he's had a couple of games now where things haven't gone his way, and uh, you know what? He just has to be a professional. Um, the suspension did seem a little harsh. I would say that. I mean, I, I don't know if two games for that was was necessarily just. Um, having said that, the whole Twitter fiasco, uh, you know that he, he's got to just handle himself better there. And and I think that's kind of when you want to talk about the uh, the the challenges of social media uh the 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 risks of social media if, if you don't have if you don't handle it well it could become an issue uh basically for those who didn't really notice i mean he basically got into it with some fans who who were, were having to go at him and and some actual dc united fans who who expressed their unhappiness with his play and you know what if fan, if you're not playing well fans have every right to criticize you fans have every right to say you're not doing your job and you just have to take that as a professional athlete. You're the, the the fans of your team are the ones who pay your your salary. They're the ones who buy the tickets. They're the ones who buy the gear, buy the jerseys. They're the ones who make it possible for you to earn a living. You have to respect that. You have to respect their opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but keep quiet. Let them let them vent. That's what they do. Uh, I mean, personally, I, I always think it's a little. Uh, it, it, obviously that's easier said than done. You have people coming at you and people talking trash about you. Um, but you know what? Here, here's a, here's a little tip. 
if you're not playing well and you're going through a bad patch and you're clearly struggling, maybe you want to stay away from social media. Maybe you don't want to read your mentions. Maybe you don't want to you know, open the door for that, especially if you can't handle it. And obviously he showed he couldn't handle it. Uh, he, he lost his cool a little bit, went at a few fans. And then, you know, you, you, take it from me, folks. You never – like don't waste your time going at Twitter critics because it's like – uh, it's like you know crabs in a barrel. It's like it's like they're just more will come out. <laughs> uh, it's just it's a, you can't win. You can't win. Don't even bother because they'll just keep coming at you, right or wrong. It's just a losing battle. So don't do it. And 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 hopefully he learned that lesson. Uh, and hopefully he shakes it off. And I did think it was interesting, like with Clint Dempsey. Uh, you know he, he did Clint Dempsey did his ice bucket challenge. Eddie Johnson challenged him. Clint jo- Clint Dempsey did it, and then in his kind of response of the ice bucket challenge dempsey said he wanted eddie johnson to stay off twitter and instagram for a week so there was that like kind of subtle message to his old teammate to take it easy take a break step away and focus and he needs to do that because you know what dc united if they want to have any realistic uh possibility of of competing for a title they need him to be at his best they need to be at the top of his game and right now he's not playing well. I, crabs in a barrel. I, I wouldn't. Have, I would have said maybe adding fuel to the fire. That's what I would have said, Ivis. Well, that's that's not really. That didn't really go with what the point was, which is, if you fight one, uh, others will come. It's like you know what? It's like it's like being in a a, a a room full of roaches, and you're like trying to kill roaches one at a time. At the end of the day, you're standing there. More roaches will come. Like, give it up. How about you leave the room? That's pretty much what it is. Not to call people. Not to call. Uh, <laughs> you call people cockroaches. <laughs> I'm just no, but I'm just saying it's like know, it's a losing. It's a losing battle. It's, and it's never I mean, worth I, it. You know, I'll tell you what. I've I have fallen for it myself. So I, I, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I've I mean I haven't quite gone at people the way he has, or uh, the way he did. But yeah, you know what? It's not easy. You know, you're sitting there. You're on Twitter, and and people are, are kind of taking shots at you, and, and you're going to stick up for yourself. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But when you're a pro athlete, uh, you got to watch what you say. And some of the stuff he said that was really not not wise. I mean, you know, you, you don't want to kind of make make comments alluding to, you know, people being working stiffs and, and, and not being on your level or whatever it is. Like, yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. get it. You, you don't want to get into that. That's just ridiculous. So he definitely crossed the line there. He apologized for it. Uh, and hopefully he learns from it. Yeah, it's it's I, like like you, Lou and I both said it's it's unfortunate that off the field stuff just it's just unfortunate for Eddie Johnson because he's such a good player at times. Um, other major league soccer news: Alan Gordon has been traded from the San Jose Earthquakes to the club where it started it all for him, LA Galaxy. Uh, remember, as we all know, he was the guy that came off for David Beckham and Beckham's debut and blah 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 all that stuff. But uh, I mean, obviously, LA Galaxy. I mean, what a pickup for them. I think Alan Gordon. Um, I think people are going to kind of think of him as a guy who, you know, fit in with with Leonard at San Jose with kind of that that you know that Bash brother style of soccer. But I mean, Gordon's a pretty technical player, and I think this is a really good pickup for the LA Galaxy. I think it can be. I mean, I think uh, you know when you look at forward depth, I think they they need they need some forward depth. I, I don't think Rob Friend has necessarily panned out for them, the Canadian forward. I don't think he's really kind of lived up to expectations. Alan Gordon's a big forward; he can kind of give you those minutes. Uh, allow Alandon Donovan to, to stay back, let Robbie Keane float, um, and, and just kind of 
help spread some minutes around, especially when you're getting here into the crunch time at the end of the season. You don't want to wear your guys out. I think Bruce Arena is very aware of the need to manage minutes and, and to manage the minutes of veteran players. When you talk about guys like Keen and Donovan, who you know they're they're older they're older players, and and you want them fresh for the playoffs. And and I think uh, Alan Gordon's perfect for that. I think he he's he's that that physical presence. Obviously, hasn't been a great year for him. Uh, you know, fell out of favor in San Jose, but you know he just, he's shown in the past the quality that he has. And you know, I think going to L.A. and and fitting in with the players they have there. Uh, should help bring the best out of them. Uh, over in the Eastern Conference, New York Red Bulls and New England Revolution made a swap. Searson and the international roster spot are going to the uh, New York Red Bulls. Uh, you know, Sayer gives New York Ivis uh, another another attacking player, play someone that can play outside. I mean, is he going to be kind of the the missing piece in, in the cog for for New York as as they continue to try to make a playoff push? No, I don't think that's what he is at all. I don't think he's what they need. Uh, I think if you for what they paid, I mean, I think it's you take the deal because if he can be anywhere near uh, the player we saw back in 2012, then it, then it could be a steal. Uh, you know, it gives you some depth at forward, uh, which you really didn't have. You know, you you were really relying on Bradley Wright Phillips, Terry Henry uh, to give. You know, you want to keep Tim Cahill kind of playing in midfield. So he gives you some depth. You know, I think that helps. Um, but the question is, what, what does he have right now? He's had some major injuries that he's had to overcome. He, he obviously ha- has struggled for minutes in New England. He kind of fell out of favor there. So you don't know what you're getting. If you're getting the Sire Sin that, that had double-digit goals in 2012, then obviously it's great. But if you have the Sire Sin who's kind of been struggling to make his mark since then, then uh, it's a bit of a wash. It's not going to be... The move that puts them over the top. I still, I think, I still think there's questions about their defense, and I still think there's questions about their midfield. So, uh, it, it, I wouldn't say it was a bad move for them, but is this is this the the, the magical the magic pill they needed? I wouldn't go that far. Uh, and the New England Revolution, I was and Chicago Fire are still talking Jermaine Jones. I mean, what, what's the possibility or any chance that he signs before the season ends? I mean, what's what's going on with this? Well, basically, I mean, he's a free agent, right? So he he can be signed all the way up until, I believe, the 15th of September. I think that's the, the roster freeze date for MLS teams. Uh, from what I understand, uh, the, offers for, the offers for him have gone up. Uh, you know, obviously, I reported a while back that, you know, he had turned down a five million, uh, two and a half year, five million, uh, six million dollar deal from Chicago. Yes, folks, he turned it down. Right. Well, apparently Chicago and New England are, are, have both kind of stepped up their offers, but it's still not quite enough. Jermaine Jones is playing this beautifully. He's going to keep squeezing these teams and both of them need help. Um, both of them can use them. Chicago can use them. New England can use them. They're both still kind of in that playoff, uh, in that position to compete for a playoff position. I think New England, uh, you know, if I'm New England, I I pay what it I pay what he's uh, what he asked for, right? I mean, I would get him on the team because I really think you put Jermaine Jones on the Revs with what they have on that team already. I think he's exactly what they need to be not just get in the playoffs, but to to really cause problems for teams in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Chicago, I think they 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 need more than him. So I don't think I don't think Jermaine Jones is necessarily going to be the guy that turns the fire into a real threat. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if if the sides can reach an agreement. If they if you know what the the Jermaine Jones asking price is met. Uh, I hope whatever happens. I hope Jermaine Jones is playing in MLS come October, September, October, because I think the league will be better with him in it. 
Oh, without a doubt, the league will be better with Jermaine Jones in it. I mean, first off, and for the England Revolution, I mean, for the, if they could bring in Jermaine Jones, I mean, that would really help out their midfield. Also, uh, we, we've talked about Jermaine Jones and his Instagram account since we last talked about all the celebrities. I mean, he has another picture with Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen, excuse me, and Chuck Liddell. But I mean, Jermaine Jones, I mean, his Instagram account with all the celebrities, it's been, it's been slacking lately, Ivis. I'm concerned. Uh, maybe he's working out. Maybe he's getting ready. Maybe he's getting ready to sign a deal. So hopefully... Hopefully that's what's up. So uh, you know what? I don't know. He does have more LA pictures, though. He does like LA a lot. Right. He's, he likes LA, but LA's, he's not going to play in LA. Uh, it's not going to work. The Galaxy's not going to happen for him. Uh, Chivas USA is not going to happen for him. Uh, you know, obviously for him, it seems like the contract's more important than where he plays. I think his family's probably going to stay in LA, but you know what? He's got to make that money wherever that money is. And Right now, it's looking like Chicago or New England. I'll tell you what. What I find interesting is I don't know where exactly – where else he's going to go play that is going to offer him the kind of money that's already on the table. That's what a little – that's what kind of surprises me. It, you know, I mean, if 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 he's sitting on an offer that's paying him, you know, you know whatever it is, $2 million a year, uh, $2 million plus, $2.5 million, whatever it is – if he's if, if, like, where is he getting that money elsewhere? I don't. I can't imagine he has that many other options. So, w- you know what? We'll see where it goes and where he's playing come uh, come October. And this now brings us to our MLS weekend preview. Remember, we used to have that really cool uh, intro for this part, Divis. <laughs> I, I try not. To, I try not to remember that. <laughs> if anyone listens to the show, like the first couple episodes, they'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's when the show was. Uh, Show's good then. Um, week 23 preview. Uh, huge, huge, huge matchup this weekend. Real Salt Lake uh, and Seattle Sounders are meeting. Ivis, you have two of the top teams in the Western Conference uh, squaring off against each other. No Obafemi Martins for the Seattle Sounders. Is is this going to be kind of the thing that holds them back from not being able to defeat Real Salt Lake this weekend? Well, that's obviously a big blow for them. Uh, Obafemi Martins. Kind of silly suspension, silly cards that he picked up in that game. Uh, you know, they had that game in hand, and he kind of just, you know, he, he had a brain fart, and now he's not playing in what is a very important game when you think about the, um, you know, the Western Conference. Uh, RSL's at home. You got to like their chances. Mm-hmm. Nick Romando coming off having broken the record. Uh, you know what? I like, I like, I like RSL in this one. I, I think is, you know, Seattle. As much as you know, they won against Houston. They, I, I, you know, they weren't that impressive. Before that, they you know they'd lost a couple, so their form is you know obviously the Open Cup blowout has got to be a confidence builder for them. Mm-hmm. But but uh, but I don't know, man. I think RSL going to having to go to RSL uh, against the rested uh, RSL. It's that's you know they're they're playing with confidence right now. They're they're unde- they're they're undefeated in five. They're three zero and two. They're feeling pretty good. So I'm gonna have to go RSL. Uh, that game, Ivis, is going to be played on uh, on uh, on Saturday for Real Salt Lake in Seattle. Also, afternoon game kicks off at at two thirty. So, good, good afternoon match. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, Toronto FC. Third time these teams. Excuse me. Third time that these two teams have met uh, this season. Sporting Kansas City is at home. Toronto is on the road. Uh, I mean, do you give Toronto any chance in this game taking on Kansas City, which which we've seen Toronto struggle against teams with very good midfields. Any chance? Come on, man. Toronto's a good team. Like they, they, this isn't like some huge mismatch. I mean, Kansas City's tough. Credit to them, but I mean, they have a chance. I mean, we're not. I mean, we're not talking uh, Seattle versus Chivas or something. Toronto. I think they showed some quality in the Columbus in the win against Columbus. 
uh, to go on the road there and get a win. Uh, obviously, Kansas City is a much tougher test for them. But even Kansas City, you know, they're not coming off the greatest performance either, uh, losing in Vancouver. So uh, th- this is a good test. You love you love to see the matchup. Mm-hmm. A lot of good matchups. Jermaine Defoe might be back for them. If he's back for them, that's huge, obviously. Uh, you you want to have him up top to, to, to give you that threat uh, to really go after uh, Beasler and Aurelian Collin. Um, Luke Moore coming off an outstanding game for Toronto. Uh, he was there. He was uh, their, their man of the match in that win against uh, against Columbus. So I like I like Toronto to make it a tough game. But having said all of that, I still like Kansas City. Kansas City at home, I think they're going to get the job done. Uh, a few weeks ago, we thought that New England Revolution kind of figured it out when they defeated the Colorado Rapids, and then last week they lose to New York two to one, even though they had a man advantage for a good portion of the match. They're at home this weekend hosting the Portland Timbers. And Timbers, Ivis, I mean, they're starting to kind of heat up a little bit uh, right now. I mean, they defeated Chivas USA. Before that, they had two games before a loss to LA Galaxy. But, I mean, Diego Valeri is starting to look really good for them. Uh, Rodney Wallace had a goal for them last week. I mean, does Portland go up to the Northeast and, def- and take all three points from New England? Uh, it's a tough one. You know, t- going cross-country and getting three points is never an easy proposition. But, you know what, Portland's playing well. Um, New England's been in, you know, they, they've obviously been a, a bit of a mess uh, lately, but it's a tough one. I, you know what? I, I like Portland. Uh, I think I think Portland is as much as it's tough to do the whole cross country travel thing. Uh, you got to like their chances considering the form that they've been on and the struggles that New England has had. Obviously, New England got that one win against the New England, against the Colorado team, mind you, that didn't play some of their top guys. Uh, I think Dylan Powers didn't play in that game, mm-hmm. so that a little misleading there. Uh, two, four, six, eight, nine. They've lost nine of ten matches. New England has lost nine of ten matches. Um, I gotta go Portland. I gotta go Portland. I mean, it, it's gonna be interesting to see what Caleb Porter does with the lineup. They have the Champions League game in the Caribbean during the week. I think he's gonna put a second choice squad out for that match. I think he's gonna put his starters into this New England match. So if he does that, I'm gonna have to go Portland. Uh, D.C. Ivis, they're on a, a little bit of a two-match losing streak. They're going to look to break that uh, this weekend when they play host, as you just said, to the Colorado Rapids and their ever-evolving starting 11. Who's in, who's out? You never know till about game time. Uh, no Eddie Johnson for D.C. Jeff Park is also out. Hopefully his surgery with the inner ear issue uh, goes well. D.C. also losing um, another player. Chris Corp is also going to be out. But, I mean, D.C. at home, I mean, against Colorado, is this an opportunity for them to kind of get back in the winning column? I think this is going to be an ugly match. I think you've got two teams that are struggling defensive, uh, struggling offensively. Colorado, one goal in three matches. Uh, D.C., they've been shut out in two matches. Obviously, we know Eddie Johnson. He's suspended now, so he won't be in the game. So but maybe that'll be a plus for them since he's been struggling. Uh, it's a tough one. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with DC in this one. Uh, maybe a little addition by subtraction. Uh, not having Eddie Johnson there, let let Fabian Spindle be the kind of focal point for them. I think is he if he's if is he healthy? If he's healthy, I think that'll be key for them. And I think DC's defense needs to kind of regroup and get and have themselves the kind of game that they've been having. You know they, uh, you know they, they were pretty they were pretty torn up uh, by Real Salt Lake, obviously giving up three goals. Uh, but I think they're going to regroup defensively, and I think this is going to be a defensive battle. I think DC United takes it. I go one nil DC. Uh, you know, goal by Luis Silva. The lone Friday night match, Houston will be hosting Philadelphia Union. I mean, Houston, Ivis, they're 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 still in the playoff picture because the East is not as as 
spread out as you could say the West. I mean, Teams in the East don't have as many points as the team in the West. That's probably the best way to say it. Uh, Houston, though, at home, I mean, a win over Philadelphia would be huge to them. Three points kind of get them back in the playoff picture. I mean, Philadelphia, I was unbeaten in their last five matches. I mean, does Philadelphia go in there and, and defeat Houston at home? It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one because Philly is coming off a grueling, a grueling U.S. Open Cup semifinal uh, against uh, FC Dallas. And you know what? That, that was most of their starters right there. So... Mm-hmm. That you know, they now they got to play a rested Houston team, an improved Houston team, a team that you know ha- has uh, revamped their roster, and a team that you know you have to look at it. They they played on Sunday, they played in Seattle. Uh, they get, they took it to Seattle. They could have won that game. You know, if Brad Davis converts that penalty, who knows how that game goes? I thought Houston was the better team up to that point. So they showed we got a glimpse of what Houston can do early on in that game. Now they're home. They're, they're, they're more rested than Philly is, that's for sure. I think I think that's going to play the part. I think Philly's going to have tired legs. Uh, so that I think they're gonna, it's going to be tough for Philly to get a result. I think Houston wins. But I tell you what, if Philly gets even a point out of this game, that's huge. That's huge because for what they went through on Tuesday, playing all the way through 120 minutes plus penalties, if they can on Tuesday go through that and then on Saturday get a point or three on the road, I mean, then now you're now you really have to start taking Philly seriously. Columbus Crew will be hosting the LA Galaxy on Saturday. Columbus, as we've talked about, Ivis, it's a team hit or miss. They have good games here. They have bad games here. They live and die with Federico Higuain. But LA starting to do that that thing that they do every single year. Come August, they start to get in form. Robbie Keane starts to starts to heat up. Also, we're seeing Jazzy Zardes, who's just been unbelievable the last two months for the LA Galaxy. I mean, at home, even though Columbus is at home, I mean, do they have any chance? against LA on Saturday it's a tough one I mean I know there's I heard some talk that maybe Landon Donovan won't play in this game but I don't even think that's going to matter I think LA uh LA's playing really well even though they only got the one point against San Jose I thought they dominated San Jose uh they had they had the bulk of the chances but they you know what they they uh they made some mistakes and they punished they were punished for them defensively but I think the quality that they have and the way they're playing Giassi's artist is playing out of his mind Robbie Keane obviously is Robbie Keane uh, I think Columbus is going to struggle. Columbus is, uh, you know, they at home. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see them doing it. Um, the two win. I mean, let's look at. Let's just look at this for a second, right? I mean, when you look at, you want to go back to May. Th- if you go back to May thirty first, right? Columbus has two wins. Those two wins were against Montreal and against New England. Two teams going through some horrendous losing streaks, right? Some teams who were in absolutely putrid form. So it's like you better beat those teams now they play la la team that that that's playing really well and you know what that that's uh it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough i mean columbus at the end of the day when you look at columbus's results i mean they haven't beaten a good team since march the seattle sounders uh when they when they won in that mm-hmm. in, they won in seattle the justin Merrim winner late the dramatic victory you know they obviously they started off great when they started off three and oh and they had they beat dc they smoked DC. They beat Philly, and then they had that dramatic win against Seattle. Since that game, they have not beaten a good team. They have not beaten a playoff team, anything close to a playoff team. So, uh, LA is gonna. For me, I think LA is gonna be too much of a challenge for them. Too much of a. Uh, of an obstacle for them. I think the Galaxy roll in this one. Uh, San Jose is going to be at home hosting FC Dallas. Uh, I mean, tough match for Dallas. Ivis, to as as we said. You play in, in the Grun US Open Cup match, goes to the extra time, you lose, now you have to go on the road and play in Buckshaw Stadium against the San Jose Earthquakes, who 
are undefeated in their last four games. Obviously, they, they smoke Chicago Fire 5-1, and they beat Seattle Sounders uh, 1-0, zero. Then, then they just drew the LA Galaxy. So, I mean, look, on the road for FC Dallas, this is going to be an incredibly tough match uh, for them on Saturday. I agree with you. Same, same for the same reasons I just, you know, we just talked about Philly. Uh, under normal circumstances, I would take FC Dallas, uh, you know, nine times out of ten. I, I haven't completely bought into the whole San Jose resurgence uh, storyline, which I think some people are definitely trying to play up. And, you know, for, for some people, San Jose is still in contention for a playoff spot. I don't think they've improved that much that they're going to all of a sudden uh, really, really push for a playoff spot. Uh, FC Dallas is going to be tired, no doubt about it. FC Dallas is going to feel it in their legs. Uh, Oscar Pereja is going to have to juggle some things around. There's mm-hmm. probably going to be some guys who just can't play in this game. Um, so, you know what? I'm going to go with a draw in this game just because uh, even though FC Dallas is going to be tired and and they have to travel all the way to San Jose, I still I think the form that they've been on has been pretty impressive. I mean, they haven't lost since May 31st, and that was to the San Jose Earthquakes. Um I think the form they've been on. Uh, I think they'll. I think they'll get at least a draw out of this. Uh, I, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on them on this one. And, and no offense to San Jose. I know San Jose's starting to kind of put things together. They've got their new DP. You know, he scored a goal in his first game, so things are looking up in San Jose. Uh, but I'm not quite convinced. Now, if they win this game and they're and they're convincing and, and they beat FC Dallas handily, then yes, you're gonna have to start. Then I'll be like, okay, you got to start taking it seriously. But for right now. I'm gonna have to go FC. I'm gonna go draw. I'm gonna go draw on this one. Uh, Vancouver is gonna be on the road taking on Chivas USA, who uh, after that nice little run that they were went on are currently on a four match losing streak. Eric Torres has kind of cooled down a little bit for Chivas USA. It's been kind of like the one good thing going for them this season when he's not scoring goals. Chivas USA struggles. So Vancouver, uh, I mean, they, they should be fine taking on Chivas on the road this weekend. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I think Chivas is a mess right now. Uh, Whitecaps, Whitecaps aren't as good on the road, but I, th- I think they'll still have enough quality. I, th- I still think the speed that they have is going to be too much for the Chivas defense. And then, the last game of the weekend, Montreal Impact, Chicago Fire. Uh, I mean, look, Montreal struggling this year. Chicago Fire, I mean, this this is a game that, that look, if Chicago wants to make the playoffs, Chicago has to win this game. They need all three points in this match. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, oh man, Montreal's been a mess, right? They, they, they uh, there's no other way to say it. Um, but the question is, how does Chicago recover from that beating? True. Uh, but at the hands of Seattle, right in the Open Cup. I mean, that 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 can't be easy to regroup from. Um, so uh, it's tough. And now that and, and now they have to go all the way to Montreal. Uh, <laughs> this is a tough one to call. Actually, you know what? Montreal should win. Montreal should win because they're at home, they're rested, uh, and Chicago's got to be dejected coming off of that loss. So I'm going to say Chicago puts the nail in that playoff coffin for the fire. But you know what? Let's see what the fire can do. Let's see if they can respond. If they get off the mat and go and win in, in Montreal, as they should, then you know what? Then you, maybe there's still hope there. Maybe there's still uh, a, a reason for some optimism, even though I'm sure fire fans right now are disgusted after that 6-0 thrashing. And with that, we have reached the end of the show. We're going to do an SBI Q&A today. As always, you can send your questions in on Twitter using, using excuse me, hashtag AskTheSBIShow at any time. Ivis and I will always check um, the questions, so you can ask them at any time. 3 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 o'clock when you're supposed to be working and you can't think of anything better, send us questions. 
Uh, Ivan's first question comes from Dave Bresky. More likely, Donovan delays retirement, leads U.S. Olympic team in 16, or Drogba leads the Premier League in goals this year? <laughs> uh, I think you scoring a goal for Divas FC is probably more likely than either of those two things. I scored one goal last year, and I hit the uh, winning PK. I was come on, dude. Oh, no, PK, PKs don't count. PKs don't count. Yeah, but it was for the, it was for the championship, though. All right, I mean, there, there was pressure on me. You know, my girlfriend was there. The local supporters group was there with flares. I mean, there was a lot of pressure. Kidding aside, I'm gonna have to say. Uh, look, Donovan's not coming back, folks. I don't see it. I just think he's at peace. He's ready for the next step of his career. He's moving on. Uh, Drogba, I guess if Diego Costa got hurt uh, and, and, you know, he was uh, Drogba was thrown in emergency action, I think, he will, I think he'll score some goals. But come on, leading the Premier League in goals. You got to pick cool. one. Which one are you going to pick? If I had to pick one of them? Well, yeah, uh, that's, a, that's what Dave's asking. Come on, man. I'll go with I'll go with Drogba. How about that? Uh, next question comes from uh, Dustin Schuler. Is Javier Morales the most underrated player in the league? Although leading the league in chances created, not an All Star. Uh, I don't think he's underrated. I, I, I definitely don't think he actually made a he made first team. Uh, he made he made SBI's midseason best eleven. Um, so you know, it, I think people are aware how good he is. Um, as far as the whole all-star thing, I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, who would you have? Who would you take out? That's that's my question. Who, who uh, of the midfielders now of the playmakers? Who would you have let? Who would you have taken out? I mean, it, the the way they make this whole all-star team, it's a little like I think people do get caught up in the whole idea of uh, you know it, that it's supposed to be the best eighteen, and it really kind of isn't because of the way this format is. Uh, you have coaches who who have to fill out their squads uh, and 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 look at it from a tactical standpoint. So you know what you're going to have situations where, you know, you're not going to go bring in five playmakers, right? There's a lot of good playmakers in MLS. So uh, you know that's what the, if you don't make the fan eleven, uh, then it's tough because the coach has to make a t- you know make some tactical decisions or make some decisions on the roster with tactics in mind and with lineups in mind. So. Uh, is Morales underrated? No, but I, do I think he, he should have deserved a little more All Star consideration? I think so. I mean, as I said, I mean he was best eleven for us mid season, so uh, I think both Morales is uh, deserve to be at the All Star game. Javier and Pedro Morales. Oh yeah, Pedro. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, I'm sure Dustin's an RSL fan. I mean, come on, you had Kyle Beckerman and Nick Romano there, and, and Carlos Sussan in the home going game. I mean, come on, Dustin, you had other RSL players there. Uh, next question comes from Harry M. Stash. I, can't, I just read that. Is there a tougher place to play in America for opponents to play than Starfire? Uh, sure. Providence Park. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question comes from... <laughs> Here comes the flea. Here comes the trolling. Here comes the sounders. I know. What a Homer question. Like, the Starfire. Sorry. Oh, no. Look. I mean, come on. Bro. Come on. I mean, you know what? How many look? Obviously, they have a great track record there, the Sounders. But I mean, how many tough, tough, tough opponents have they played at Starfire? So you can't. It's kind of tough to say. Oh, you know, it, it's like this much. You know, exactly. This, uh, this fortress that you can't like. It's not like the LA Galaxy are going there with their full squad to play Seattle. So, uh, I, wait, are sure. you suggesting that the LA Galaxy would beat Seattle at Starfire? I think they absolutely could. I mean, they've won in Seattle All enough right. times, right? All right. Right. Uh, oh, I, I, was, oh, I was just trying to get oh. you to dig a hole right there. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, next question comes. It's T Fabulous and 
I can't say it, Joe Nutumba pretty much asked the same question, um, talking about what Breck Shea should do. What would be his next move, Ivis, and should he come back for MLS for the sake of his U.S. men's national team career? That's kind of silly. Um, he, uh, you know, he's got to worry about his career as his, his club career. I mean, you worry about your club career and then the national team situation that takes care of itself. The World Cup came and went, right? It'd be one thing if the World Cup was coming up and then you want to get in a position to, to impress Jurgen Klinsmann. The next World Cup is four years away. Brexit can't be worrying about that. Brexit's got to worry about his, his, you know, getting playing time. Um, he's sitting on a fat contract at Stoke City. Um, as, as we said earlier, as I said earlier on the show, I think going to a place like the Dutch League would suit him well. If he could go to a lower-level club in Germany, uh, I think that would work well for him. I think he needs to get out of England. Obviously, uh, you know, he. I, I know. I, I know that there are some teams in the championship that that would take him, but I don't know if you know. I don't know if it's been the. It was. The, I don't know if it was the best experience for him uh, playing in the league championship last year. Obviously, he had the whole situation with the fan, you know, the whole fan issue uh, and whatnot. So I think if if Mark Hughes is is not going to consider him, if Mark Hughes does not have Breckshay in his plans, I think Breckshay needs to go. You know, find a, a team in the Netherlands. Or France, or uh, or even Germany. So I, th- I think he should stay in Europe. MLS, no, he's not coming back to MLS, folks. Not right now. Um, just because you know what, like he's on so much money over there, I just don't see how it would work for him to come back here right now. Vincent Sumbury asks, "What are your guys' thoughts on the three Americans in the Dortmund system, and who has the biggest upside?" Uh, I mean, that's throwing darts at a board, right? I mean, these kids are so well. Obviously, of the three, Joe Giles the most established of the three. Uh, you know, he, he's played as a pro already. He played games in the Bundesliga last year. Um, but then you have two prospects in Flores, Junior Flores, Christian Pulisic. Christian Pulisic, I tell you what, all I, it, it, the kid it, it has the qualities to be, to be a star. But he's still young. He's still young. Uh, he's, at the, he's at that age where it's not a, it's not a guarantee that he's going to continue to, to continue to evolve. Uh, same with Flores. Flores, obviously, highly regarded youth player, uh, tons of talent, tons of technical ability. Both those guys have the tools to be special, but they still have to progress. They still have to take those next steps up the ladder. And I tell you what, anyone uh, just assuming that those guys are going to make it, that's all you're doing. You're making assumptions. They still have to make take those steps successfully and continue to grow and actually become pros. That's where right now, look, Joe Zhao has been a pro. He has earned playing time. He's played in Bundesliga games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, obviously he's older than the other two, so it's not really fair to compare them. But, like, my whole thing is it always is when it comes to these young guys. Yes, Christian Pulisic, I've heard nothing but great things. You know, all, all the video I've seen, the games I've seen, the kid is special, but he still needs to get from point A to point B from being a special youth player to being a pro. And and he's not there yet. Neither is Junior Flores. So hopefully, hopefully, being in the Dortmund system, uh, they they can uh, continue to evolve and develop. It'd be great. It'd be great for U.S. soccer because as, as skilled as those two guys are, they could be pieces to the puzzle for the national team. You know, five years down the road. Robert Moriera uh, asks why Harvard and not San Antonio for friendly. No love for Texas. Can you say any non-Anglo name? properly can no. you can you even come close no i can't <laughs> more 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 i think as i say it more right. more right, 
All right, all right. I, I grew up in a cul-de-sac. I mean, what do you want all from right. me? You need to watch some Spanish television or something. Work on work on your Rosetta Stone, something. You know, I um, took Spanish six years. I still <laughs> don't even speak any Spanish. You can't even. Okay, all right. I could say I could. I mean, if I'm, I could say like you know bad words and bad phrases and stuff like that. No, oh, you're killing me. Um, so why Hartford and not San Antonio? Well, look, San Antonio was going to get the Columbia friendly, which obviously is the most high profile friendly that U.S. soccer had lined up. Uh, this Ecuador friendly was in the works already. So it wasn't really an either or situation. San Antonio's game fell through and Hartford got this other game. I mean, how many tickets is Ecuador going to sell in, in Texas? I mean, are they going to sell the stadium out? No. So it's unfortunate because, look, I would trust me. I was looking forward to going to Texas. I I came so close to pulling the trigger on the flight, on booking the flight. I was going to Austin. Uh, I love Austin. I can't get enough. I, I you know I went there last year. I need to go back. I need Austin, Texas barbecue in my life again soon. Um, but you know what? Columbia they dropped the ball. They didn't sign the contract. Uh, it sucks for San Antonio, no question about it. But hopefully, hopefully, uh, 2015 U.S. Soccer will reconsider San Antonio. And go and go there because you know what it's a, it's a promising market. Uh, you know what they have the Scorpions there, Texas. You know they, it's somewhere that hopefully they have a game next year. And the uh, final question from Javier Zavaleta. See, there you go, Ivis. Um, why don't you throw a barbecue for your fans and SBI readers in the New York, New Jersey area? Uh, that's an interesting one, man. I gotta say, uh, I, 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 <laughs> you do it at your house, dude. Uh yeah no that's not happening <laughs> I don't think the, the the wife barely wants me to grill as it is just because she usually is the one that cleans up the mess but um yeah no I, you know I, I was it's funny I was just looking at the schedule uh the MLS schedule and I was like you know what maybe I'll have a set up some kind of viewing party around a Red Bulls game but I, it seems like they're not even on the road for the rest of the month uh as I said in the last show and it kind of falls in line with the same idea parties are great are a great idea. But it, it, it's the, the actually going through with them and pulling it off involves so much work. And I, I just got so many other things going on. I would love to do it because, uh, you know what, then, then, my, then SBI readers could actually see how great a, a barbecue cook I am because I, I, I think I'm a grill master, let's be honest. Um, but, mm, yeah, no. I've, I've, heard, I've heard different. Nah, that's all right. What do you I've know? heard I've What heard do you from... know from barbecue? You're in Arizona. You don't know anything. About we don't barbecue out here. Well, you you yeah you cook your your own body's barbecue in the freaking sunlight. Um, but now nah, yeah, you know I've done pretty good. I haven't got burned out here once. Actually, maybe a couple times. You, you never leave the house. <laughs> I like walk outside. And I could already feel my skin melting with the five seconds of the sun touching I know. it. You wear like long sleeves and umbrella. I'm, I'm not Alexi Lawless. <laughs> I don't walk. I don't do that. I don't walk around with an umbrella. <laughs> All right. Well, Javier, I'll tell you what. You know what? I kind of I, I need to have an event. In New- People have asked me that before. And you know what? Maybe we need to have an event. I mean, the last time we had an SBI event uh, was, was the All-Star, All-Star Party, however many years ago that was. Which one? The one in L.A. and it was epic? No, 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 no. I just said the last time we did something in New York Uh-oh. was the All-Star Party when the All-Star Game was in New York. Was I think it was three years ago already. Um, so yeah, maybe we need to have something uh, in the fall. It won't be a barbecue, but I think we'll have to do a New York City meetup one of these weekends. Am I invited? If you're in the area, if you're in the New York area, mm-hmm. maybe you maybe we'll have moved to New York by then. Mm. We will, maybe we'll have succeeded in getting you the job in New York. That's not that's not going to happen. 
One day, one, one day. One yeah, day, hope. one day. Keep keep hope alive. Yeah, thanks, Iris. Uh, well, dude, that that wraps up the uh, the Q and A. That wraps up the show. Longest show ever. I I don't think it, it might actually it might be. I'm not sure, but uh, we've, been, we've we've been on the we've been we've been going for two hours and seventeen minutes. So, cat, I know. I I feel bad. One of these days, Ivis and I. The first thirty minutes of the show is epic, which we did not record because it was just Ivis and I just bantering. I, we one of these days, Ivis, we have to put. We we'd probably get in trouble, but we should put that up one day. Yeah, no, we we we, we <laughs> it would it, we would definitely have to like it would definitely be rated R. <laughs> yeah, no. come on, you give people a bad idea. Not, nah, but you know what? It's good. It's good to catch up on everything. Um, we sorry we didn't get the midweek show off the ground. Uh, we're not there yet for the three shows a week, uh, no. but ho- hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Yes, hopefully soon. Uh, well, I mean, before we close it out, dude, any, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, not much, man. That's it. It's, uh, you know what? Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, I was contemplating going up to New England for New England, Portland, but I, I'm just getting old, man. I, I don't know if it's not, I, I don't know if I want to do the three hour drive up to Foxborough, up to Gillette stadium and, uh, you know, to see, to see the revs and timbers. I'll just watch it on TV, uh, hang out this weekend, take it easy, trying to cut down on the travel, uh, spend some time with the family. I'm waiting for my shipment from Nike um, I hit the Nike store when we were out in Portland, and for anyone who's who's gone to the Nike employee store, it, it's pretty much like heaven for uh, sneakerheads. And uh, you know, I, I might have gotten a little overboard with the amount of shoes that I bought uh, for everybody, for the family, and myself included. So the the biggest fake out was today. FedEx package comes. FedEx shows up, and I'm thinking, great, it's all the stuff's here. And it was it was only the box with like. The socks and T-shirts and stuff that I bought, not, none of the sneakers. So uh, it, needless to say, it was like, oh, that was the biggest fake out. So hopefully all the sneakers show up tomorrow. Uh, I need I need some new sneakers in my life. I, have, I haven't bought a pair since May. And for me, that's like, you know, I, I'm going through withdrawal right now. I, I need to buy some new shoes too, thinking about that. I was at the Nike store. I wasn't that uh, – I, I, didn't, I didn't buy anything. I was lame. Yeah, you don't know anything about sneakers. No, I don't. Actually, I, yeah. I called my girlfriend and asked her what she wanted. I was that guy. Uh, oh lord! God, I know. And then, and then everyone I was with looked at me. They're like, "Don't worry, you'll learn." <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to see too much power already in the relationship. I think I already have, dude. Yeah, I think it's a lost cause. What do I? What do I need to do to get out of it? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Joking. I, I don't think you, I don't think you want to get out of it. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Garrett's in love. For everyone wondering, Garrett's in love. I, I expect I expect the SBI show uh, wedding edition in a couple years. I think it's you know what we don't need to talk about this, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, no comment. No comment. <laughs> might, might be next year, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that next year. Oh, there it is. There you, it is. You'll be invited. Do you want, do you want me to be my best man? Uh, I don't think I think your brother should be your best man. No, well, I have three brothers. I mean, I, ca- I can't pick one. So actually, what I'm going to do is, I'll, I'll, why am I even talking about this? I'm not even engaged. <laughs> yes, the truth is out. See, <laughs> I love that all our listeners know before your girlfriend that you're getting married. This is great. What happened? What happened? The breaking breaking news. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> Damn you! That's there, my stick. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yes. This whole <sighs> thing is getting deleted. <laughs> no, it's not. This is, this is all staying on the show. Uh, all right. Before I... I... <sighs> you know what? Right now, Garrett is trying to think about how he's going to explain this segment of the show to his girlfriend. She doesn't listen to the show. 
You're going to have to tell her. <laughs> no, hell no. I mean, I'm sure your wife doesn't listen to the show. She definitely does not listen yeah, to the show. Yeah, and it's not like my girlfriend has any friends that listen to the show. All right. Uh, well, I don't know. I'll, <laughs> I'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of listeners, man. We get, we're pushing like five, six, seven thousand listens a show, man. So, yeah. I, I, a, lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, and, you know, as always, everyone, thank you for, uh, for listening to the show, for the comments, reviews, all that stuff. We, obviously, I always appreciate it. Yes, and if you're still listening to the show right now, then thank you, because uh, we this has got to be the longest show in the history of uh, of the SBI show. So if you're still listening, you are a dedicated dedicated listener, and uh, definitely thank you for the reviews. We got a few positive reviews uh, to, uh, recently to help offset those one star reviews uh, from those people who I'm I'm still actively hunting down. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been good. So we hope you appreciate this. Extra, extra, extra long episode, and uh, we'll try to keep it back down to the one hour mark for the next one. Of course, these people appreciate it. They, it's Friday at their work. They're not. They've checked out at this point. Oh, that's right. It's it's TGIF, the TGI uh, TGIF edition of the SBI show. So, hopefully, you're listening to this. If you started listening to this when you got to work, then you're like halfway to the end of the day. So, like, there you go. That's, yeah, it's uh, it's almost lunchtime. They could take your lunch break. Yes, but you know what? Uh, if you you got to love people who have that that kind of job that they can just kind of check out and listen to the show for that long. You so. do that, you don't even wake up till eleven o'clock anymore. I'm going to bed at five, folks. For the record, it's four a.m. right now, and I'm still not going to bed until after. Uh, speaking of of re- recent reviews, Andy in L.A., thank you for the review. Great review. Uh, you know, we appreciate it, and, and we appreciate the the whole story that you gave us there. So thank you, Andy in L.A. Uh, and hey, anybody, if you want to give a review and you want you want to get a little shout out, uh, put your name in there. We'll give you a shout out. Um, Andy at LA, otherwise known as Time Detective, uh, giving us a nice little review there. Uh, and also Jeebus272. Thank you for the much shorter but still positive review. Uh, and as for Mr. Foggs and Jerome Ball, I'm coming for you. How do you know that's Andy in, in LA, the Time Detective guy? Because he, he signed his messages, cheers, Andy and LA. Ah, I see. See, I read the reviews, unlike you. I, I, I check them. Actually, I only read to see if my name's in it. <laughs> he, scans, he scans through Garrett. <laughs> and then and I then, see this guy, Gareth. I mean, what a, what a D-bag. My name is Gareth. <laughs> Come on. No, I hate that. Uh, I, oh, I use it. my real name. Don't try to be what? cute and... Don't be that guy. I am so that guy. Who gets bent about his name. I've had my name pronounced more ways than you could possibly imagine. It never bothers me. I never get upset. Because you know what? Why Why should you know? I have a unique name. I can't expect people to know my name. My name's so. not unique. I don't know. It's Come on. Common. It's not that common. It could be Garrett. And Garrett and Gareth is pretty close. Well, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always like spelled like a million different ways, too. I think I think I I think I called you Evis the first time we spoke. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I think it was, and then the guy I was with was like, "That's not his name." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?" And I kept calling you Evis the whole entire time. Then afterwards, she's like, "It's Ivis." I was like, "Oh." Yeah. See, but I didn't even make a big deal about it because I'm not I'm not I'm not a prima donna like you are. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, well, before we wrap up, this yeah, mega mega episode. Um, I, I am curious now if we should try to do some some you know some SBI uh, gatherings, some SBI SBI meetups. Um, are you you well, Garrett? You're gonna go to MLS Cup, right? No matter where it is. Yeah, I, I should be there. 
All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll st- we, obviously we don't know where MLS Cup's going to be, but uh, we'll, we'll try to do something at MLS Cup maybe. And uh, I don't know. I got I got I got to try to think of some 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 gatherings we could try to do. Um, are we going to throw a party? I don't know, man. We just had this discussion last episode. It's 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 a it's a it's not easy, man. The logistics of putting a party together. It's not easy. It's not easy. So I mean, I I just want to throw a party so I can get in. That's my only issue. Ah, right. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll talk to the bumpy pitch guys. I'll see when they're throwing their party, and then I'll see it, what what's a good day for us to do our party. I will say that was funny at the bumpy pitch party when people were getting wristbands and they ran out, and just like it was like a mass flood of people that just walked into the bar. Yeah, what are you gonna do? We ran out of wristbands. Nothing. Yeah, let everybody in. Yeah, that's a good party, actually. Very good. Always. Bumpy pitch parties, always good. See, that's my thing. If we throw a party, I don't think it's going to be that good. Nah, I think it could be good. It depends on the day. If it, if there's no other parties going on uh, and we do our party, I think we could do a party. Look, here's my thing. I feel like it also needs to be in a city like where you and I know people. You know what I mean? Like If it's in L.A., like I can call some people and it'd be a pretty epic party. You know? Some of the cities, I don't think it could be that good. I think we could do a good party in Kansas City. You know people? I'm, I'm, I think I can make it happen. I'll, I'll talk to Dom Dwyer. I'll, I'll, I'll let him be my uh, yeah, it's true. party. Well, he, he's, well, he'll be playing yeah, in we'll MLS play Cup, the game, yeah. but I'm sure, he, I'm sure he'll put me on. This. Him and CJ Sepong, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll recommend some places. There you go. And, yeah, see, and, hey, then, and then, I'll go, I'll, then I'll go home at, at midnight. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Funny enough, you know, it's funny. I just thought CJ Sepong was actually at our party in LA. He he was uh, he graced us with his rookie of the year presence that year. Nice. We had a few we had a few people there. The key, another key, you want to throw it somewhere where people are going to be there anyway. So then, then you can kind of like so you, so if not that many people show up, it's still a good environment. You know what I mean? Because unless you're like the bumpy pitch party where. They're gonna bring a thousand people regardless. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you, you're kind of pressing your luck there on how, how many people you can actually get to the party. So, we'll see. We'll see. This is still four months away. I don't know why we're talking about it at the end of a two and a half hour show. We need to talk about it. We, we need no. to prepare for these things. Right now, people are telling us to please shut up and wrap up the show. No, they're not. They would already turn off the show. That that's their that's their option. If no, you know what? I can already see the comments right now. You guys. Need to stop talking so much at the end of these shows because I don't know how to use the stop play button on my computer. You sound like Kevin from The Office. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what voice I was going for. That was Kevin from The Office. I'm pretty sure that was. I wasn't going for that, but if you say so. That's what it sounded like. All right. Well, okay, fine. Well, for the people listening, I I think now is when we should drop the uh, breaking news. So, uh... Breaking news. What are you talking Because <laughs> uh, everyone always complains. That people always, the, people don't complain, but I love it when they'll be like, only reason why I listen to your banter is because then you guys will sometimes talk about legit stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, that's, that, that's why. That's why, yeah. Oh, well, here's a little one for you. Uh, for those who haven't noticed, we, we SBI is now, uh, we are now working with USA Today Sports. Uh, you know, we, we got a little partnership going with them now. So you, it's a little subtle change there. Uh, which is uh, hopefully going to work out well for us. And, uh, you know, we, we've got some exciting times ahead. Uh, revamping our staff. We've, we, we're starting to add some new people. And as I said last show, we're always looking for writers. Uh, I've had a few people actually respond to that. 
Uh, as I always say, folks, do not give up. Even if you email me, you don't hear back from me, don't give up. I get so many emails. I apologize to everybody. I suck at responding to emails because I get so many. Uh, but the people who keep coming, who keep trying, they're the ones who get through. And, you know, hopefully hopefully I can connect with you guys. Yeah, I, this is just big time, everyone. He just, he, he just likes to big time you. I just have ADD, so I'm usually doing five things at once. Yeah, you do. That is true. So, so you have to get, you have to like catch me at a point where I can see your email and either respond right away. And if I don't, if I don't see it and respond right away, your 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 email is lost. Your email is back in the mass of five thousand things I'm doing. So, uh, I wish I could, I could be better at that, but that's just that's my process. You you always get my releases though, which is nice. Next, uh, I'm pretty sure those go right into the trash. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> <asshole>. <laughs> <sighs> I always that rest of the show, man. I'll let you go. The show is almost yes. two hours, so. This is, yeah, this is a record. Marathon. Yeah, it's pretty long. All right, dude. Uh, you have a good weekend. I will, uh, I'll talk to you on Sunday. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you uh, for listening to the show. Enjoy the start of the Premier League. Enjoy Major League Soccer this weekend. Ivis and I will be back again on Sunday night. This is the SBI Show.